Are you struggling to find a job right now? You are not alone. A lot of young people are struggling to find work and work that they care about. Let's talk about that today on Adulting. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to this week's episode of Adulting. I'm Miranda, and I am here with Harlan. How are you doing today, Harlan? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So did you have a hard time finding a first job right out of college? Well, I'll tell you, the first job out of college was not the job I wanted. It was not in my field or anything. I I found basically a, a temp job while I was looking for a teaching job. I graduated college at an odd time. It, it was at a time where all the teaching jobs had already been filled. Since I was studying to be a teacher and I got my degree in education, I was looking for a teaching job and the teaching jobs were not available. So I knew from the beginning that I would probably be working in a temp position or working as a substitute or some combination of the two. And that is what I did. That's what I did after college until I could find a teaching job. And I ended up not even going in that direction. Well, I did, I did a little bit. I did get a long term substitute position after working as a temp somewhere else. I ended up not going from that long term substitute position to a full teaching job. I went I, I went and did something else for a time in the middle there. So that's how it worked for me. And of course, this was to almost 20 years ago. A lot of my friends also had difficulty at the time. Difficulty finding a job out of college is not necessarily unique to people today, but it is something that is a concern for a lot of people. Yeah, I like that you point out that your first job out of college wasn't in your field, your major field. And mine wasn't either. My first job out of college, even though I had a four-year degree and I was hoping to you know, do something else, I ended up cashiering. So I ended up cashiering for a few months after that until I could get a job at a local newspaper. And so like you say, we talk about how hard it is to find a job right now. And to a certain degree, it is. But at the same time, maybe it's about what jobs you're willing to take and kind of expectations. You know, and according to Generation Opportunity, the unemployment rate for millennials age 18 to 29 is at 12.8% as compared to the national average of 4.9%. So that seems to say that, you know, there are issues right now finding a job. But when you're stuck there, why are we? in this position. So I mean, are there some reasons, specific reasons why we feel like whether or not this is different from times past? Why do we feel like it's different this time? We feel it's different because for an individual going through this, it is their first time. They've never experienced it before. They've never had to deal with these difficulties. And as much as people have told them the stories of times gone by when other people did have difficult situations as well, they don't feel it. They feel it now. So you look at these two percentages and, and you think, yeah, of course, the unemployment rate for younger people is higher because they have less experience and people are hired based on experience. And that's that's really the bottom line, regardless of whether things are different today than they were a generation ago or two generations ago. There have been times, you know, in American society and the economy where 
there have been a lot of jobs available and college graduates had not had such a difficult problem getting jobs in their field. Every time is different. And I think on average, people getting out of school just have more difficulty than those who have more experience. And that is a natural part of life. And it's probably something that we need to expect uh, instead of instead of having these expectations where, you know, a four year college degree is going to give you exactly what you want when you want it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. We kind of get this idea that, well, we've been told that we'll go through college, we'll get our degree, then we'll get a good job, and that'll be that. And that's really not the way it is. And like you said, experience is a big deal. And practical work experience is also a huge deal. There have been a couple studies, one in the US and one in the UK, where they found that employers don't think that students are ready for the real world. They don't have that practical experience and skills. They may have a degree, they may have the education but they don't have practical experience and they may not have the social or other types of soft skills that a lot of the time just come with practice. Part of that is, you know, some employers are saying, hey, you know, college isn't preparing you guys for the real world of work. College is not job training. Job training is job training. College is to prepare you for living your life in a modern society. That includes being able to work, sure. Nothing can replace the experience of actually working a job, which is why a lot of people will do internships or will continue to work or begin to work while they're in college. You develop different types of skills when you do that. I don't think employers should somehow be surprised that a lot of college students don't have the practical skills for working in a job. That's not what uh, that's not what they learn in college. That's not what college is for. You may disagree. Lots of listeners might disagree and say that college is supposed to prepare you for the economic realities of work. But I disagree. And I think college has a different purpose. And it's much more broader than just job skills. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I, I think that, you know, there are plenty of ways to learn job skills. But yeah, I like the idea of college as a, as a way to prepare you for modern life, which is, you know, part of the equation. You know, as, as you're looking through this, and you're looking at this trend of, of people saying it's hard to get started out, and I want to find a job. How do you find those opportunities? I mean, how can you get to that point where you're actually finding good job opportunities for you? I, I mean, in my case, I was in a small town. My then husband was still finishing school. So I was really limited. And uh, the couple jobs I did apply for, I wasn't exactly qualified for. And, and then I ended up cashiering. <laughs> that's, that's where we get, you know, how, how do you when you're in a situation where you're trying to find a job, and you're out of college, and you want a good job, and you want the best opportunities, like, where do you start? First, I think it's important to note that people get hired for jobs they're not qualified for all the time. I mean, you, you work in any company, you see it happening, and you wonder, how in the world did this guy or this girl get hired for this position without any experience or any skills or whatever, whatever it happens to be, whatever, whatever it is that makes you feel that they are not qualified for the job? How do they get qualified? People get hired all the time for jobs they're not qualified for. So forget about the qualifications thing. You can get hired for any job if, if, if you put yourself in such a position to be ready for that sort of thing. Now, I wouldn't say go ahead and apply for jobs that you're grossly unqualified for. But the one thing that can get you in just about anywhere that is such an important thing to do and to have in your back pocket is these people skills. 
getting to know people and being willing to meet people and talk to them on their level and conform to whatever kind of situation you have to be in in order to get a job, interviewing well, preparing for the interview, preparing for all this, all that's, you know, that's about getting a job, but really it comes down to the people you know, and that is the the biggest factor in getting a job that you want. You need to start meeting lots of people and lots of people who are involved in the types of jobs that you want. Go to conferences, go to seminars that involve those people. Don't be shy. You know, introduce yourself to people, get to know people, go to networking events, do whatever it takes to get yourself um, situated in this community, even without a job. Every job has a community and you have to find that community and be a part of it. Uh, starting a website really helps in that field. You know, start a website in a field, get your name out there and get to know people because that is the key to getting all of these opportunities coming your way. Show that you're capable and get your name out there. The networking and, and who you know is a huge thing. And the sad thing is, even for my cashier job, way back in the day, I probably wouldn't have been chosen for that job. You know, you talk about, well, people who don't, people who aren't qualified get jobs all the time. It's true. It was at a farm and ranch store, and I, I wasn't into farming or ranching. And they would have probably passed my application over, except my parents knew the owner of the chain of stores. And <laughs> And the owner of the chain called the local manager and said, hey, I want you to look at this person's application. So that helped a lot because, you know, I got that who I knew. And, you know, there are other ways to look for jobs. You can look at job boards. You can look at the classifieds. These are kind of low barriers to entry. And the thing to realize is that when you're looking at a job situation where you're the jobs have a low barrier to entry, there are going to be a lot more applicants and it's going to be a lot harder to get the job and to stand out. So being able to network and get to know people and find people who can kind of help you along the way is going to help a lot more than just applying for a bunch of jobs from the job boards. You know, there should be some resources to help you with that. If you did graduate from college, you're college should have a career center where you can, you know, check that out. A lot of universities, I know where I got my master's degree, Syracuse University has an alumni network and they do alumni events. So you can go and meet alumni who already have jobs and get to know them better. And then that way, and, and there's just something about finding people who have something in common with you, which is why alumni events are so great. Because, you know, people are like, oh, we went to the same school and we have this shared experience. And that's something that, you know, we can take with us. And I, that matters a lot when you're looking for a mm -hmm. job or building your network. So looking mm -hmm. for those opportunities is a big part of it as well. Yeah. And just to go off of that, uh, I, I found my internship in college through the Career Center, which was very odd because it was very specific to some, something that, you know, was right down my alley in the arts. And for the Career Center to have this internship, it was just a total surprise to see it there. And and so I reached out and I ended up after college, after that first non, you know, the, the, the job where I wasn't in my field and then I was a long-term sub. After that, I ended up working for the company that uh, that I had that internship from. And that was my first like real job in my field after after graduation. So that worked out that worked out, that that the career center is is huge. Now now we're talking about alumni and the alumni network. I know that, you know, in in the work that I do now and the projects that I work on, 
I am always seeking out people who attended the university that I did. When I sold a website, sold it to a company, and it turned out that my that the editor there, uh, hi Alan, uh, was also an alumna of the University of Delaware. You know, we we got along really well and bonded over this fact, and um, she got me back involved in the university quite a bit. In other aspects of my life, other things that I'm involved with, I'm finding all of these all these other. Um, graduates of the University of Delaware coming my way, and I'm doing what I can to support my fellow university compatriots in, in various ways, whether it's filling important roles or or just, uh, you know, finding other ways to get people involved. I'm, I'm, I'm always looking to use that network. And I, I also know that the university produces some real quality people. It does help everybody all around. Yeah. And another way to to build that network and kind of grow that a little bit more is also through your favorite resource, Harlan, is LinkedIn, right? <laughs> you, you love LinkedIn. But no, it, it really is, though, a great resource. And I know as a freelancer, I've gotten a number of gigs and gotten a number of connections uh, on LinkedIn that have resulted in work for me. I have people reaching out to me all the time now that I work for Student Loan Hero and they're hiring. People reach out to me all the time through LinkedIn and through our network and asking me questions about it and want to know more about it. And so I think that that's one of the things that you don't want to overlook these days is LinkedIn is definitely a place that you can go to find people who maybe work at a company you want to work at or to connect with people who went to the same university that you did or to to find connections of connections who might have an insight into something that you want to do. Despite my non-use of LinkedIn, really, I'm certainly not non-effective use. There have been connections made there. I, I've been able to make some connections that um, that are at least uh, you know they could prove to be helpful in the future. And and people reach out to me occasionally. Most of the time, they're reaching out about things that I have no interest in. That's okay. It's really easy to ignore messages there and to sift through and find things that could be relevant and important to you. And of course, if you use it to reach out, then you can certainly have some success with that. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is not my favorite, but certainly I can uh, I can see how it can be used effectively to, to make some of those connections. I will always prefer meeting people face-to-face and speaking face-to-face. LinkedIn is just makes things a little more convenient and certainly allows you, if you are looking to hire somebody, to, to sift through uh, and find p- people who are relevant and possibly make some connections that way. And then finally, I think one of the things you really need to do is be open to opportunities. I have a friend recently I was talking to and uh, she was talking about how she had had this opportunity to get this job uh, in the city that she wanted and then ease into a program that she wanted, a specific type of MBA program she wanted to go to. But the opportunity came at a time when she was just like, well, this isn't my plan. I want to stay here for another summer and I have this timeline and it's very specific and very rigid. And so she didn't seize this opportunity and now she regrets it. (laughs) She's sitting here. She's like, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm ready to move on and I have this smaller number of options and the perfect opportunity that I wanted came along at a time that 
uh, wasn't part of my plan. And I think part of our issue is we do, we get stuck in this idea of, okay, here's the plan. Here's the sequence of events. And we're not open to these opportunities when they pop up. And, you know, well, this was outside of, you know, her purview of what she was going to do with her plan. And so even though it was an opportunity and it would have helped her on her way, it didn't fit in this little box. And now she regrets it and and doesn't know what she's going to do because she said no to this job opportunity that was almost perfect. Uh, Not quite perfect, but almost perfect. And so I think being open to these opportunities is a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. This, you know, can I say this? I mean, that's that's exactly exactly right. I mean, I can't even add more to what you said. It's it's just uh you're absolutely right. And being open to opportunities, uh, regardless of what situation you think you're in, uh, will certainly help you, um, because you'll be able to, you'll be able to take advantage of those. Don't, don't close yourself off. Part of that too is getting beyond fear because some of these, sometimes these opportunities can be a little bit scary. And I think moving beyond that fear is a big part of making sure that you know you you go in and it can be hard and it can be scary but sometimes you just have to take the plunge yeah you know what i what i've experienced in in is that there are there are a lot of people who feel that when an opportunity comes to them it's not that they're not ready for it or they're busy with something else and so they're not open to the opportunity they feel that something must be wrong for them to be receiving this opportunity. It must be a mistake because they are not worthy of it for some reason. And there's a lot of this idea that we just aren't good enough for the opportunities that are coming to us. So we're afraid to say yes, because we think somebody will find out this, uh, this opportunity wasn't right or that we will, we think that we're going to fail at it because we're not prepared for it. But none of that is, actually true. The opportunities are coming because you deserve them and you should take them while you can and uh, and just welcome these opportunities with open arms. So I, th- I think that's a real important way to look at these opportunities when they do come your way. And it's really important to feel strongly about yourself and acknowledge that you deserve this and can tackle whatever obstacles or difficulties or challenges uh, come your way as a result of this opportunity. It's going to be scary at first because the best opportunities push us into something that we're not ready to do, but they force us to grow and they force us to figure things out. And all of that leads to the best of the best. And it you, you can't turn those down because of fear. You can't turn them down because you think that you're not good enough. And the opportunity is coming to you because it is for you. So that's really important to remember. We do get kind of caught up in this imposter syndrome that happens. And we do kind of worry about, you know, how are, how is this going to play out? How will this affect me? And like you said, am I worthy of this? Am I going to be able to handle this? And we never grow if we don't kind of reach a little bit. And so as we're talking about opportunities and everything and and being open at the same time, it does help to have some idea of what you want and what you're looking for in a job. There have been some studies, Fidelity did one not too long ago that talks about how a lot of young people today are looking for purpose and quality of life. And they're actually willing to take a pay cut of $7,600 a year 
if they can work with a company or work in a job that provides them with purpose and provides them with a good quality of life. So work-life balance, flexibility, all of those buzzwords that we hear all the time. Uh, yeah, these, these are self-reported <laughs> surveys. So, you know, right. people are going to say what they want to be. In self-reported surveys, people have this idea of who they are in their head. And so they respond to these surveys with the idea of who they want to be and not who they actually are. Um, so I, you know, I tend to not look at these too much, you know, except for superficial kind of things. Of course, millennials are looking for a purpose. Of course, young people want a quality of life. And sure, they'd be willing to pay, take a pay cut in order to live truer to their ideals and things like that. The reality is that a lot of young people are saddled with an incredible amount of student loan debt. And I know you know about this, Miranda, because you work for Student Loan Hero. But this student loan debt and the idea that they have to pay a significant amount of money every month in order to uh, in order to just avoid going into default on these loans. And this this creates anxiety, it creates fear, inertia. It, it prevents people from doing these things that they say they're going to do, um, you know, as if they're this ideal person. Uh, so it's it's really important to acknowledge that, yeah, I'd, I'd love to take a pay cut. I'd love to, you know, settle for something less. But, you know, I've I've got this weight of these student loans bearing down on me. And the only way I can handle it is to get exactly what I want, you know, or at least something that is good. And so people are more likely to just shut down and not be able to make those decisions to take the lower paying job while they're still struggling to figure out how they're going to pay those student loan bills. Yeah, we would all love a perfect job where it's super flexible and we make decent money and we can afford to do the things we want to do. But the reality is, is, you know, like you say, you're looking at your situation and sometimes what you think is ideal is not going to be the same thing as what you end up doing. And, you know, I mean, for a long time, I was pretty sure I was never going to, you know, take a job, you know, and do the W-2 thing again. But in the end, I looked at my position as a divorced single mother of a teenager. And I was like, you know what, a regular paycheck and some benefits would probably be a nice thing, just in case. And, you know, that sort of changed my outlook a little bit. Yeah, and one other thing that you can do while you have this idea of what you want, but you're willing to, you're willing to sacrifice some things in order to just get a job. Uh, in the meantime, this goes back to something that I talked about when we were talking about positioning yourself and networking and getting to know people and getting to be part of a community that's related to your job field. Start working, start doing something on your own, and it might not pay off immediately. It might take some time. But it certainly beats watching television or watching Netflix for hours and hours a day, not being productive and not moving your life forward. There's, of course, a time and a place for entertainment, and I'm the first one to say that. But take some of your time and start something. Uh, start something that is on the path towards where you want to go. It's the idea behind entrepreneurship. I never was one to really promote the, the whole idea of starting a business. Just start a project. Just start something that's going to give you creative, give you a chance to be creative within your field, within the things that you want to do, and also has the potential to get you to know people and to move you forward. And then maybe you'll find a way to make it make money for you, but it's still still valuable uh, use of your time. 
that I have a lot of people who are always asking me, you know, what TV show I'm watching and I can't tell them because I'm not watching TV. I'm working on different projects, which I like to do. I like that idea of, you know, saying, well, you don't have to start a business and you don't have to be an entrepreneur and you don't have to do all that. But it is possible for you to start a project, do something that you find fulfilling on the side and kind of give you that purpose in life, even if you're not finding that purpose in that crappy job you had to take so that you could pay your student loans. Let's talk about some do nows. Let's say you're ready to do this. You're ready to find a good job opportunity. What's the first thing you do? Well, I think the first thing is to do some self-reflection and write a few things down. Uh, What are you good at? What do you want to do? Does the degree that you have, is it even related to something that not only will fulfill you over the course of the long term, but is also something that is marketable? I mean, where is that intersection of the things that you like to do, things that you're good at, and things that people will pay you for? Think about that a little bit. Draw a little, draw a little Venn diagram, those three things that we just talked about and find out what really fits in the middle. It's important to know exactly what you want, or at least to have an idea of what you want at any particular time. Even if it takes a while to figure it out, it's okay. Hopefully after some time in college, you'll have refined, uh, you'll have figured out if the, the path that you're on is something that's even interesting to you. But this way you know that so when opportunities come your way, you can say yes and be okay with it being a little different at least for the time being, as you work towards your bigger vision. It's important to, to realize that there's long-term, medium-term, and short-term. And sometimes a short-term doesn't appear to always be getting you where you need to go for your long-term, but that's okay. In the short-term, you may find that you end up tweaking your long-term a little bit, and it's okay to do that too. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, life is kind of this journey and constant progress, and you never know what's going to kind of nudge you in a slightly different direction that you weren't expecting. And I think another thing to do is, you know, while we're talking about self-reflection, and we, we do a lot of that here as as adults, while we're adulting, we do a lot of self-reflection. Think about what you want to accomplish with your work. You know, what do you hope that this job is going to do? What's it going to do for you? What do you think it's going to do for your community? Try and figure that out. And you might not be able to be in your ideal job immediately, but, you know, thinking about it can help you figure out the steps you can take to get there. Yeah, and I would also say, I mean, you know, as you're thinking about that, you know, write it all down, write write everything you think about down. And in fact, I would document this whole process that you're going through. You have an opportunity coming your way and it's not exactly what you want, write write down, write down the write down the pros and cons, write down the date, write down who spoke to you. It it helps you internalize all of this and helps you process it. And once you process it, you can think about it more clearly and then you can make better decisions. And The more you process, the more you understand yourself, the more you understand yourself, the more you're able to act on who you are, and the more you're able to act on that, the more these opportunities will come find you, and or you'll be at least more open to them as they as they come your way, or you will invite them and and you will find these opportunities. Uh, just to bring that back to the whole idea of finding the best job opportunities. Yeah. So we do have a listener question, and it says, "I'm not interested in special treatment, but I do think my employer could be a little more flexible." How do I introduce the idea of flexibility, benefits, and work times? I think a lot of it depends on the employer. 
obviously there's always someone you can talk to about benefits and work-life balance and things like that. It may not be your supervisor or your boss. They may say, listen, I just have to go by the company's policies, especially if you're in a big company. You know, then there's the HR department that you can reach out to. If you're in a small company, then maybe it is your boss that you can speak to about benefits and about flexible work arrangements, whether it's working from home or an alternative schedule or if it's daycare, whatever it happens to be, whatever the benefits are, there's always somebody to talk to. And the only way they know what benefits their employees want is if the employees actually communicate those things. Uh, Some employers are forward thinking and they will survey their employees or they will um, at least do market research. Even if they do, maybe the results of that are not exactly the same thing that you want. So it's important to make your voice heard. That that really is the key here. A lot of the time we forget that you know we can communicate and and we can use our words as we say to my little nephews because you know we we think that okay well you know this job is this very top down thing and in and in some cases yes you're going to have a job that's very hierarchical but more and more employers are looking at the research that says that happy employees are productive employees and you have less turnover and it saves you money and it actually helps your bottom line and so a lot of them are willing to listen so go ahead and and start that conversation how do you find the best job opportunities? What kind of opportunities have come your way? And you know, how is that a result of something that you may have done or something external? We'd love to hear about it. Come to our Facebook community, hashtag adulting, and let us know exactly how you have done with your job opportunities. We'd love to hear it. And you can go to our website at adulting.tv slash ask. Ask us a question about anything. We will answer it on a future podcast or video or article and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts at adulting.tv slash iTunes. And there are also other subscription options, so you can find all of that information at adulting.tv, and you can find more resources for this episode at adulting.tv slash A-A-T, A-8-0. Until next week, remember to act like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.